with us here. This is the first day, the WIBC Sunday Magazine Show. And we're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. Hoosier Home Values 2023 is a great place to start. Also, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. They're going to be joining us in the next hour to answer your real estate questions. They'll be here about noon. I love those segments. They're the I do, best. too. They're smart. They, oh, golly. Smart. They're so smart. <laughs> They're smart. They are smart. We're starting to see some more houses. I love looking at houses. It's kind of like uh, my downtime is I'll just start looking for houses for fun. I like to look at the ones that are over six hundred or $700,000. They're just fun to look at. Uh, but I'm seeing more of those pop up. Your real estate questions, anything you want to ask them, they'll be here at noon. I'm Terry Stacy. That's Denny Smith. Good morning, Terry Lynn. Hey, Kai. How are you? Oh, well, good morning. I'm good. Kylan, it's a beautiful I saw, day. I saw pictures of you with all the big-time race drivers. <laughs> big-time, unfortunately. You were the glamour girl in the midst of all those. <laughs> Looking pretty good, girl. It was really fun. They were the McLaren drivers, Andrew Rossi, Pato Award, Felix Rosenquist. They were all having their photo shoot on the circle and, of course, having this beautiful work location. Looked out the window. Oh, there they are. They in had there. the when biggest smiles on their face. It was uh, maybe like the Wednesday or Thursday before, before the, the race. 500. Yeah, so... <gasps> How fun for it you. Was so cool. Oh my gosh, is that Potter on your social media? Is that on your Facebook? It is. Okay, I'll have to look at that. You know, I'm not good at this Facebook stuff anymore. I did it, went so strong for years and then I just kind of faded away. I need to get back on Facebook and pay attention to what's going on. Good for you. Aren't they awesome? <laughs> they they are so awesome. Sweet. They're awesome together and they've got a race today in Michigan, the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix. Three o'clock today. You can hear that on our sister station, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Uh, they'll probably do a pre-race show, maybe starting it uh, an hour before, but uh, green flag flies at three o'clock today. Uh, so what else is new? Denny said goodbye to uh, a canine officer yesterday. Oh, canine mm. Charlie. Uh, that You know. Canine those, hero. Th- those dogs train at our place. And uh, his name is up on the wall anyway as being trained there and getting certified. But he got a disease that they just couldn't handle. And so all of the canine officers of IMPD set up, you know, a, a column for for this poor dog to Along walk the into walkway. the vet yeah and they all said their goodbyes and uh Ugh, I, I did hear breaking i heard from an artist who's gonna do a portrait of this dog and they're gonna uh, they're gonna give it to his his handler oh, gosh. i think that's the right thing to do i think it is too um what a what a wonderful goodbye for a canine hero and uh, this is kind of an interesting story the plainfield police department they gained a canine officer this week with the adoption of echo and echo comes from the hendricks county animal shelter and i really like this idea uh he's a belgian malinois or whatever however they pronounce that word but you know the smaller looking <laughs> german shepherd i always Ma- called it a malinois, malinois. Ma- no malinois melon like a melon um but it's really kind Kind of awesome because they're they're this this shelter dogs they're looking at shelter dogs now to become candidates to become police canines so it's a new canine rescue initiative and uh it means that much more considering that they're going to be typically spending 10 to fifteen thousand dollars per dog but with this new initiative they are saving us money taxpayers dollars but they're also rescuing rescuing these dogs from uncertain futures at the shelter you know so one, it's out awesome. of the, one out of five dogs that they train at the farm 
have come from rescues. Uh, Julie Case from Ultimate Canine will go to all of these rescue places. And a dog's nose is a dog's nose. Yeah. And I, I can't remember whether it was Rambo. What was the name of this dog? But he was incredible, and he was a rescue dog. He was dog. a shelter dog. Yeah. They got, They're there. I like that. They're waiting for all of us, and there's a lot of them. But I like that that idea of this new initiative that they're doing in Plainfield. Uh, okay, here's the other thing. If you're looking for something to do today, you heard Donnie Burgess tell, tell you a little bit about the annual Broad Ripple Duck Race that uh, kicks off promptly at 4.30. 3,000 rubber ducks are going to enter the water at the start-finish line, and... <laughs> which is within where the Monon Trail crosses the Central Canal in Broad Ripple. And uh, what's kind of fun is that I spoke to Jordan Dillon, who you heard, and I spoke to her about these rubber ducks and how they needed to really clarify for a lot of us that these are rubber ducks. Somebody asked me once, <laughs> what do you do with the ducks after? And I said, what do you mean? And they go, well, like, do you set them free? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. These are rubber ducks. They are also special racing ducks that you have to use for a duck race. And they're a little weighted, so they stay upright. So they're different than the souvenir ducks that we hand out after the race. But, yes, they are rubber ducks. They are not real ducks. We don't – nobody call me from PETA. Like, we, we aren't doing a real duck race right now. Oh, no. That's Jordan Dillon. You, you are know. kidding me. No, I, I would have thought the same. To be honest, I heard duck racing, and I was like, what kind of farmers? Oh, my gosh. I like watching my duck run around, but not like that. Oh, my gosh. Um, ah. But you can still get a rubber racing duck until 4 o'clock. $6 a duck, 6 for $30. It is a, a charity event. Prizes awarded for first, second, third place. And uh, they've got some good ones, too. Prizes are gift cards from Broad Ripple <laughs> Merchants. First prize is valued around five $600. So wow. three to five today you in set the Broad Ripple. <laughs> oh, my god! I thought it was so cute. I weep for it. some people. You know? God. I saw the most heroic thing yesterday. Well, I don't know if it was the most heroic thing, but it must that, that moment, driving into Home and Garden Show yesterday. And it was along US 40 or Washington Street, to, as you once you get into Indianapolis, on the east side, across from Washington Square. Uh, there's a car wash over there, and there was a woman that had stopped her car in the far right-hand lane next to the sidewalk, and she was prepared. She had a blanket, and she was trying to help these baby geese, actually, trying to jump up on the curb while the mother and father actually patiently watched, or whoever they were, mother, I don't know who they are. The gander, and and they didn't go after her? They did not, because I think they knew she was trying to help, and people fly, fly in that area. I mean, they are going 60 miles an hour, and she she had that right lane blocked off with her flashes going, and she was trying trying her best to get those little baby ducks to get up on that curb, which was too high for them. And, uh, I'm always proud of myself when I save a turtle, and here she is saving a whole flock. (laughs) She was doing her best, and uh, it was a a beautiful sight, and I I prayed for her at that moment. You know, I I had... you can get them up there. I had a soccer game on Thursday up on Coont Stadium, 16th Uh Street, and we no cars flying by, but soccer balls. There was just a family of baby geese behind the goals. Buds, do you know what you're doing? Oh, you were no. in a war zone. Get out! They were there and they, they were, were watching the game. And the adult and geese were just walking around. They were having a great time, and, and the, the baby geese were freaking out with you know, balls going. I'm on not a big the fan fences. of geese. I know you're. Uh, but when they, they when so they've forth. got their babies, they we leave yeah. them alone. But after those babies, you know, fledge mm-hmm. and are gone, oh, but man, I'll take them, them on in a heartbeat. Oh my gosh, in danger! You know what the best thing is? Is an umbrella or a tennis racket. Those are the two best things. The gander doesn't. The gander will come right after you. You know, but if you 
start flapping a, an umbrella at him, he, it just totally befuddles him. You know? Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. That's Get a safe way an to umbrella, keep them away yeah. from you. A little bit of Mary Poppins on him gets him every time. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, Denny, you're going to talk about trees. You know the trees. We're, we we are in the midst of a three week drought. We haven't had any rain at all the end of the last few weeks of uh, May, and it was good for racing. But boy, it's not good for vegetation. So I reached out to uh, well Terry. You sent me the lead. It was wonderful and the, a very helpful Davy Tree Service, yeah. one of the oldest tree companies in the world they started in 1880 and just great people and they got me to the right guy and i started asking questions and i felt like i was back in class oh i'm glad i knew you would like that one yeah all right coming up what you can possibly do to help during this drought because it's going to be a while before we see some rain i'm I'm afraid um and it's not good and it's hard on your trees so we'll talk about that when we come back you're hey you know what else is coming up what 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 next hour what Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips are joining in studio. You know, they are. And these two are, they're the I best. think they're the best. You I know really what? do. We've Everybody known Greg says, for a long, long time. I mean, I've known him for decades. Whenever anybody starts a new career, they say, I think I'm going to go into real estate. Well, okay, you can practice and you can come up to speed, but why not get the ones that have already done all that years and years ago and really do know the intricacies of it? I, you know... If I ever sell my house, I know exactly where I'm going Me because too. these are seasoned veterans. Me too. And not just, you know, uh, up on the north side, south side. I mean, they'll go anywhere and look for whatever you want. We talked to him last week about, or a couple of weeks ago now, because we had the race last week. But before that, we were talking about new developments, new properties. And they can put, they can help you with that too with if you builders. want a brand new home with right. the builder. And if you want to invest in real estate, Lisa, I don't know anybody better than Lisa Phillips That's right. for the investor class who are just looking for good properties. She knows what she's doing. And she'll get you in the right areas. Yeah, they've got a website, Denny. It's uh, tell me again. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. Crossroads plural CollectiveHomes plural dot com. You can also check home values by going to HoosierHomeValues2023.com. I did that. I wanted to find did. out. I wanted to find out how much my house was worth. They gave me a range. They told me which amenities, you know, this type. It was really, really interesting. And I'm not going to sell, but it was nice to know what it was worth for insurance purposes. Yeah. You know, you always want to know, make sure that you've got enough insurance on the house. They really are the best. And that's why we have them a part of this show. And we will be talking to them again. They're going to come in at noon. And we would love to hear from you if you have real estate questions. If now that the kids are out of school and now you're becoming an empty nester and you're thinking about finding downsizing or right sizing as they call it or if you are now wanting to move out of a particular county and you want to go someplace different whatever that may be and you need to sell that home or you looking for something whatever that could be um, I'm going to talk to them about downtown I mean there's there's a there's a, a good number of homes that are still and condos available but a lot of people now downsizing and coming downtown so we, I'm going to ask them about that but your questions, too. So they'll be here at noon. They'll stay with us until about 1230. But in the meantime, if you're looking today, this is open house day. Go to their social media, Greg Cooper, also Lisa Phillips, and take a look. I think Greg oftentimes will show you some of the homes that they have uh, available. But see these guys. They are the very best. Greg Cooper, Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. Who's your home values? 2023.com, crossroadscollectivehomes.com. And uh, Denny, we will talk to them just after 12 o'clock today. You're listening to the first day on 93 WIBC. She said, Green, green girls, blue, blue sky. You better throw a party on the day that I die. Green, green girls. A 
lot of green, green grass and beautiful blue skies today on this Sunday. But the green grass is kind of iffy. Uh, my plants, oh my gosh, my outside plants, some of their leaves are getting all crunchy and I feel like I'm just going to have to start doing some more watering, you know? I don't think there's a single plant, flower, or tree, or shrub that hasn't been affected by one of the driest Mays and now we're going into June. This is about as dry as it's been in many, many years and we're behind in precipitation by every historical measure. And I wanted to somehow reach out to somebody with a background and expertise to answer some of my questions about the drought's effect on trees. So joining me now is Arborist Mike Voles of Davy Tree Service. And that's a company that's been around, believe it or not, since the 1880s. It's been employee-owned since 1979, and Davy Tree Service is the real deal. The Davy Institute is known throughout the United States as the go-to experts. I became a fan of Mike Voles a couple of years ago when I heard him talking about zombie trees. You know, our poor trees, they've been attacked by the emerald ash borer, Japanese beetle, and now the spotted lanternfly. And really what we find out is they really need a drink of water. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining joining me today and taking time to be with me. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me to the conversation. Look forward to it. You bet. Mike, it's been uh, dry for quite a while here in central Indiana. And although I can see the stress on flowers and plants, as well as the various shrubs that I have around the yard, I have no idea how this dry weather might be affecting trees. Can you help me a little bit? Well, trees need water in the same way that all the plants and flowers do. You just might not see the impacts on them or the visible signs as quickly as you do on the smaller plants. But they definitely are being impacted by the dry conditions. So what do you look for? I mean, how can you tell that it's just dehydrated or it's not getting enough water instead of a disease or an insect? Uh, One of the first signs you can see is drooping leaves, wilting-looking leaves. Sometimes you can see some burn on the edges or browning on the edges of the leaves. That would indicate trees lacking water. Uh, On smaller plants, that's really obvious, especially hydrangeas. Anybody familiar with hydrangeas knows that they wilt at the first sign of drought. But trees will do the same thing, basically. If there is no precipitation, how does a tree conserve moisture? What does it do? What does it cannibalize first? Well, technically what the tree's going to do on a, a cellular level, a physiological level, is close its stomates. These are the little openings on the leaves that basically allow the tree to drink water, if I could use that term, kind of like a big straw. So that as the tree does that physiologically, it actually is then less able to photosynthesize and produce the sugars and carbohydrates. So it kind of uses stored up carbohydrates for its just its normal production and growth. So you're going to see some reduced vigor and reduced growth, reduced leaf size, things like that. Mike Voles from Davy Tree Service joins me, and we're talking about the drought that we are experiencing here in central Indiana and what it's doing to trees. Mike, do the larger trees, are they more successful in surviving a drought than the smaller trees? You know, they're probably a little more resilient to drought conditions. They're maybe a little more adapted especially compared to newly planted trees, but they're still going to have the same negative impact from the lack of water. It's just going to take longer to notice some of those signs, sometimes a year, sometimes two, three years to really notice some negative impact of a serious drought. Mike, if certain growth and metabolism slows down in a tree, is that always a critical life and death situation for the tree? Just because it slows down, is that critical? Not always, but it is important for the tree to get the appropriate amount of water as as much as possible, whether that's irrigation or hand watering or something like that. But, you know, the primary impacts of the drought are not going to be a serious threat to the tree. It's just when the drought is extended where you are going to see some more long-term impacts to the tree. 
in high school biology were taught that the rings, if we were to cut completely through, that each ring represents one year of growth. In a drought situation, will that ring be really tight to the ring before it? Yeah, that's typically what happens is just a a reduced amount of growth overall, not only in shoot elongation, but in the growth and circumference and diameter as well. We used to have emerald ash borer. Hopefully that's about done. We had the elm disease a few years ago, Japanese beetles, and now this uh, spotted lanternfly. Does the drought make a tree more susceptible to insects and disease? It can. Part of one of the uh, negative impacts of the lack of water in the tree is the tree is less able to produce these secondary metabolites that help protect it from certain insects. So drought situations can cause trees to be a little bit more susceptible to particular insect pests and fungal pathogens as well. I just know anecdotally what I'm seeing right now is spider mites going absolutely crazy on dwarf Alberta spruces. I've seen them on some arborvitaes as well. And I think there's probably a pretty strong correlation to the weather patterns in in these spider mite outbreaks. Good job, Dr. Voles. But what can we do as homeowners? What can we do to help in this thing? Well, if we haven't had precipitation in a while, and this is just kind of a general sense of it seems like it's been pretty dry and the grass is dry, you kind of figure the trees are a little dry as well. So watering once or twice a week, depending on how hot it is, if it's extended into the 90s and it's been dry, Probably twice a week, it's a good idea to provide some additional watering on a tree. You could water underneath the drip line of the tree, and that's basically where the canopy extends, the edge of the canopy underneath, avoiding the area right next to the trunk, but in general, just underneath the drip line of the tree. That's perfect. Mike Voles from Davy Tree Service, we sure appreciate your time today. Anything else you want to share with us before we let you go? But no, I can't think of anything. All right. If folks want to get in touch with you, Mike, what's the best way? Well, our company website is www.dv.com. You can navigate to our Indianapolis office via that link there. And our local uh, office number is 317-849-4760. And it's Davey, D-A-V-E-Y.com. Well, Mike, thanks for taking time and uh, you have yourself a good week, okay? Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You know, Mike was a real deal, Terry. He uh, took the time. I asked him about that. Why don't we want to water the trunk? And the reason we want to keep the water in the root ball or around the the edge is because all that does is attract insects. So See, that just, I didn't know. I just watered yesterday, and I did go up and down the trunk because I thought, you know, it's absorbing it oh, and it's lumping it. It's, I even did the leaves and everything. You know, uh, what we need to do, the drip line of the tree, you go out to the outside of the tree. When you look up and you can't see sky, that's the drip line. Okay. 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 And then just water underneath there. But a couple times a week, we want a deep watering. Uh, people have been asking us about yards. How long do you water a yard? Yeah. Probably at least an hour in the same place twice a week, and that'll get the get the moisture down. If you water every day, then you train the roots to stay up shallow, and they don't go deep, and they're, they're not vibrant. So, so same, good. That anyway. is so good. I am so glad to hear about this information because I really mean it. I'm trying to take care of everything around me, and I, I know I can see already ground cracking oh in where we just have dirt. And, and you know, that uh, also affects our foundations in our home. Yeah. You know, so there's nothing wrong with watering around the base of the house. Yeah, I'm okay. telling you. Yeah, because what happens is that dirt separates cracks, moisture goes in there, and if you've got any compromised basement walls or crawl space walls, it's going to be coming in there. Okay. So we want that dirt soft around the 
Thank you. So, thank go. you, Danny Smith. Yeah, thank you, Davy Tree Service. And Davy Tree thing. Service, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it is 1129, 73 degrees. The humidity is low. I hope you're out there and uh, doing something this morning. There was a run this morning already, a, uh, a charity run, and it was for sleep disorders. I've not heard. It's called the PJ5K. Well, it's it was for people here. who can't sleep. They get up they early. Get up Everybody early. else says, let's they start were at 10 o'clock. Were, yeah, they were up early and moving and, and uh, raising money for sleep research. So, oh. interesting that we'd had something like that. That's one I've not heard Have of yet. Have you ever had trouble sleep- sleeping? Oh, all the time. Older I get, the uh. older. I have the Calm app now, and the Calm app is really good for me. It really it tells stories, like Matthew McConaughey will tell a story in his great voice, or you're listening to ocean <laughs> waves or rain. I just or- close my eyes and I'm gone. David, too. I mean, he can sleep within, I'm telling you, I bet he, he can sleep within 30 seconds, I'll bet you. Yeah, me uh, too. You too? I, yeah, I take seven-minute naps all the time. Terry, you're worrying out. about too much, aren't you? Got too much in my brain. Yeah. Too much in my brain. I need something to distract me. You were mentioning Matthew McConaughey. Henry Cavill, The he played Superman in one of the DC movies, and he tried to do a voiceover for the Calm app, but they had to take him off of it because it was too, <laughs> well, distracting. <laughs> and so people couldn't go to sleep. They were getting a bit too excited. <laughs> yeah. What? That's or was it Bridgerton's? No, maybe it was Bridgerton's um, Reggae Jean Page. I think that happened for him, too. Tried beautiful to do voices. the voices for the really beautiful oh, voices. Gorgeous. Like I love Disney princess they voices. I love them, but oh. I could not they would they would not be good on the comic. No. You know what? I'm a trained hypnotist. You know that. I know this are, I remember. One of the things we know to get people to relax is we have to take them in steps. So we we pretend like they're going down a, a, a rung of stairs or we're going downstairs and we take the first step, just start to relax. You'll start to feel this. And each step you you give them a little bit of coaching. By the time you get them to the bottom step, you can either get them into a subconscious um, induction process, which is what we call hypnotism, or you can put them to sleep. That is really interesting. It's, it's really cool. You could it, Within three to four minutes, I bet I could have you asleep. Well, you know what? I'd like to try that. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to try okay. it here just to see All if right. it would work. Of course it'll work. Okay, I want to do it. I want to try it. All right. I'm going to try it next week I know week what we're doing you. during the break. Yeah. Uh, Kylan, do you have any trending stories? How's yeah, our time? We okay? You know, yeah, we're doing good. Okay. You would mention the weather and... I feel like this is just always a good reminder because last week there were three different states that had this incident happen where children die in hot cars. And it's oh, an oh awful yeah. story. Yeah, and yeah. I try to click away because it's so sad. But it is something to remind people of. And pets are just the same. Yes, they are. And while weather's getting all crazy, it's less likely in Indiana. But we still have some of those spikes, especially in July. So as we're getting into the nicer weather for summer, yeah. it's just... Yep, wanted yep. to put that out there. And then also, if you're traveling to Florida, heads up. <laughs> There's a giant stretch of seaweed that's mm-hmm. headed for the beaches of Florida and Mexico. If you haven't seen it, it's they said it's about 5,000 miles long headed that way, clumped up just attached 5, to all the 5,000 miles? That's what they said. That's yep. two and a half times the... Mm-hmm. the it's the huge. It's the largest ever record really recorded. Big. One, yeah, wow. and it's, it's moved. It's been lot. moving. They've been it's been what they've been it's watching it move, getting closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And now we're right about that time when people yeah. will be taking their summer vacations. So if you're headed to the beach, watch out for the seaweed. Don't don't touch it. Don't play in it. Uh-uh. There can be a lot of bacteria within it, and they're still doing research on what Easy that bacteria there. can As do. As Boy Scouts, we're taught that when we have to go to the bathroom number two, that if we're in the <laughs> ocean, we use seaweed. <laughs> Honest. Oh, Denny. You know, you go out in your ankle, Denny. you go ankle oh, deep, Denny. you do your Please fist. Please tell me the that's a fish joke. do it, and the... Oh, and my God. They don't wipe their butt with seaweed. But they don't have oh to, God. but we do. We're human beings, so oh we got to clean gosh. things up. 
Okay. It's 11.33. Moving on. It's 11.33. It's 11.33. I've got to get out of this conversation. I do. Uh, Coming up, I'm going to tell you what every woman has on their wrist. Every woman. When we return to the first day on 93 WIBC. Is that Sunday morning feeling a beautiful morning out there, 73 degrees and uh, very low humidity. And it is a beautiful, beautiful morning. Uh, Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith, Kylan Talley. This is the first day show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. The very, very best. Check them out. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. They'll be here at uh, noon today to answer your real estate questions. So I want to mention this to you guys because I thought this was an interesting story. Twitter user loss underscore writer recently took to social media to prove that almost everybody had a mark from where they got stabbed with a pencil as a kid. Okay, so everybody's got somebody. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. Denny, do you? I've got, okay, the discipline in the plumbing industry used to be pretty bad. I've got a, where a guy put a cigar out of my arm, but I did not hit oh myself my with a pencil. I know, discipline was discipline. different in the 50s and 60s. They, You learned, but yeah, I've got one of them. But see, I, I got it right to, there, but it looks like a pencil stab, but it was really, yeah. really I used to. Uh, I used to talk to the promotions department here about having scar fest. Because I think scars are so interesting. Everybody, yeah. it's a story. It's a part of your life. They it's history. Are. Now, wait a minute. All you were supposed to tell us the difference between men's wrists and women's Okay, so here okay. we go. Out uh, on Twitter, and it got lots of people, everybody posting their pictures, and yes, yes, yes. So then a few days ago, Twitter user Erin Whitley posted photos of her wrist along with the wrists of a few friends. And she made the claim that every woman has a freckle in the middle of their wrist. What? And sure enough, I look down, and yes, I do. Is it at the base of the hand or it's, just onto the wrist? It's on the right in the middle of the wrist. And Wait a minute, wait a minute. Kylan, have you got a freckle on your... I'm inspecting currently, trying to figure out if that's She's a scab. She's still got such great skin. <laughs> no, it's on the outside. Rick, the, the freckle in the yeah. middle of your wrist. She was curious to know if this was true or false, if this was a myth or if it's true. So everybody that's responded, huh. there's been very few that said, no, I don't have one. But just about everybody that has replied to her in this conversation says, yes, I have a freckle in the middle of my wrist. Does right here count? That's it's a wrist. Like, yeah. yeah. That's your wrist. <laughs> well, it's like almost forearm. It's on the way down. Is it kind of close? Is it in that area, though? It's, it's mo- like, right like that by your bone? By yeah, that bone? it's right under my... Yeah, that's your it's wrist. It's like a finger length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Width. Finger width down. Yep. Finger width down. I think that would count. How I do you know it's count. a freckle and not an age spot? Well, all know. right, Denny. But a mark. Let's say that it's, you've got a mark a of mark. some sp- sort right in the middle of your wrist. Ladies, are you are you looking at your wrists right now? Everybody looking at Every your wrists. Every guy in America is looking at looking his wrists wrist right now. And see if you've got one sure right in the middle freckle. because this is kind of going around on social media that women all have a freckle in the middle of your How wrist. Where did you stab yourself with a pencil? I stabbed myself with a pencil right, right in my wrist, right, right below, right below my thumb, Did it closer bleed? to my wrist. It bled, yes, but it was a perfect mark. It was. I've got all kinds Thailand, of marks have you at got this one point of those? in my yeah, life. Yeah, I do. It's right it's in between point. my index and my thumb, right in the little L. In the webbing. Yeah, in the webbing type. 
Yeah, I Mine stabbed came myself. From, uh, I mean, it was an accident. It wasn't, you know, like I was stabbing myself. It was an accident. Yeah, I fell on mine. I'm yeah, yeah. Mine were in my pants I know. pocket. Reached down. Don't roll and your eyes me. at me, Denny. Well, I'm trying to think. I don't want to get those sharp scissors around you. You remember the scissors with the rounded tops? Yeah, yeah definitely safety mine. scissors. Yep. Oh, yeah. In just a few minutes, Denny's going to talk to us about the debt ceiling and what this uh, all really means for us. Is it been? A, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We're going to talk about that in just a bit. Uh, and also, Peyton Manning Children's Hospital is looking for some cuddlers. I asked <gasps> Julie yeah. Sullivan Schneiders yesterday about it. She's going to send me the website. I'll send it to you. We can post it. Got it. But they're in the NICU, the, the neonatal uh, intensive care unit. They give you a baby and they just say, "Sit down oh, and start stop. rocking and talking." Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a thing, and uh, it's a volunteer program, in the as Denny mentioned in neonatal, and they are adding two new shifts of baby cuddlers, and that's why they need them. <laughs> so if you would like to volunteer to cuddle babies, or even help with other tasks around Peyton Manning Children's Hospital, go to healthcare.ascension.org. Isn't that a great job? It's a great so job. And cute. at Riley Children's Hospital, I did it for a minute. I did it, uh, I did other things. I got out of there. Uh, I volunteered for a couple years at Riley. And um, it was one of the most precious in- jobs in the world to volunteer to hold the babies. If you If you'd like to do it, these fill up quickly because this is a job that people want. And oh my so gosh! Yes. Got, yeah, look, I mean, Denny. The pictures I've seen, all the gentlemen look like Denny. You know, right. they're all they all got their beautiful white hair. We all looking at right now. We all remember the first them. time oh. those little babies wrapped their hands around your little finger. Oh there is nothing gosh. like that. Yeah, nothing that's a, like it's a, it's awesome. Uh, okay, again, healthcare.ascension.org. If you'd like to be a Peyton Manning Children's Hospital baby cuddler, we're going to take a break. Denny will tell us about the debt ceiling, what it really means. As we continue here on the first day, thanks for joining us this morning. It's 1144-93-WIBC. Eleven forty-eight, seventy-four degrees in sunny skies in downtown Indianapolis. Terry Stacy, Kylan Talley. It's time for Investing Sense. And Denny is here to walk us through what has happened and what this all means when we talk about the nation's debt ceiling. Uh, President Biden signed legislation yesterday that lifts the nation's debt ceiling, averting an unprecedented default on the federal government's debt. I don't know if this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing, Denny. Because I know there was such contention, there was a divide there for a while, and now we understand uh, both sides got a little bit of what they wanted. Yeah. So do you help us understand right, what this really all, means. It's a diversion. The United States monetary system is a debt-based system. We've had three uh, national banks. Currently, our national bank started in 1913, and it's called the Federal Reserve. And so in theory, they are the ones that print the dollars. They're called Federal Reserve Notes. And they control the currency, and that is not how the Constitution was written. I think when the American people figure out that we don't need a debt-based system, the Federal Reserve loans the money to us, puts it in and monetizes it, and then we pay them interest as well as inflation uh, for that debt-based currency. The United States Treasury could just enter, you know, they could just put out their own currency, but there's too many people who benefit from a debt-based currency. 
uh, I found this, this quote. It says, letting citizens see the stark reality of the government's financial condition simply isn't in the best interest of our rulers. And that's really true. Now, we, th- we heard that our debt was $31 trillion. Have you right. heard that number? Yep. Do you know what the real number is? No. Oh, you're going to die. Because I thought that would be the real number. No, no, no. The real number is $156 trillion. Oh, my God. It is just under a million dollars per gracious. taxpayer. It's, it's scary, but... I mean, but I guess, but how does that affect me, really? Okay. It's, it's, a, it's not a, my, my checkbook. I, it I means think. we're going to have more inflation, Terry. And so when people ask me, when I was an investment advisor professionally and, and doing that business, people always ask me, well, what can I do in the face of all this? All I would, I would always say... Live simply, get out of debt. Live simply, get out of debt. And they said, all debt, I can't pay off my house. And I said, no, nah, you're sort of rate locked with that house. That's a probably a pretty good rate. That'd be the last thing you'd pay off. But right now, whenever we get into these crises, what do we do? We so-called negotiate between the Republicans mm-hmm. and the Democrats when really it's just one big uniparty. And what they're trying to do is get things that we cannot see. Um, there, there the are, things that we cannot see. What yeah, does that mean? That means that there are off-budget items. There are things that where we wash money. I can guarantee you that of this, uh, of the billions and trillions of dollars that just went through, there are things that are going to be paid for that we will not believe what they're doing when all we wanted to do was protect the efficacy of the dollar. That's what the, when we raise our debt ceiling, that's what we're doing. We're protecting our dollar because we are the reserve currency of the world. By protecting the dollar, we get more control over the rest of the world because we can print as many dollars as we want. And people say, well, why did we end up with a debt-based currency? Well, the reason was was because certain people back in 1913, just as they did back in Andrew Jackson's day, they paid the right people who were in, in you know, Congress or whatever to set up this prioritized system where certain people were more equal than others and they benefited from it. And that's what the reserve currency of the world can allow you to do. So what can we do? Try to get out of debt. Try to live simply. Do not believe that, don't believe anybody that this has fixed anything because we are about to get an awful lot of inflation. Inflation's coming and it, it's gonna be probably higher than we've seen in a while. You know, I was, so I was reading, and I know Kylan has a question. I like Kai's questions. <laughs> but, I, but I wanted to get through this first because, again, everything I'm reading, which, you know, you can read all kinds of things depending on who's putting it out and what side they're on. But when it says, the, in addition to restrictions on spending, the 99-page bill changes some policies, including imposing New York requirements on older Americans receiving food aid and greenlighting an Appalachian natural gas pipeline that many Democrats oppose. Some environmental rules were modified to help streamline approvals for infrastructure and energy products. Those are the special things. That, those are the benefits to certain okay. categories of people. Some people are more equal. What would, what we wanted to solve the debt problem. We're not solving the debt problem. We're figuring out a way to get more money to special interest groups. That's what I was wondering. And that's, that's the what sad I was part. Wondering. But, you know, we say it's $31 trillion. This doesn't include the federal employee and military veteran pensions and benefits that's not included in that 31 trillion it is not no social security requirement or retirement income and disability insurance that's for you that's for kylan that's for me that's not included in there and all the promises of medicare benefits and these are trillions and trillions of dollars you know they're they're five times as much off this federal debt limit 
as there are that are on it. $31 trillion is what they've raised it to. They're, now they're going to say there's no debt limit. Well, there's never been any debt limit because these jackasses yeah. get together every couple years and they vote for this, that, and the other and raise this limit. And it's a total diversion. What the United States public really needs to say is let's stop this behind the scenes, one hand washing the other, letting money go to special interest groups. And how about we go back to our own currency put out by our own treasury? Who do you think owns the Federal Reserve? It's all the big banks. The biggest scare that I see right now is they're putting out this fear porn and they're telling us to watch the small banks. Well, why do they want to watch the small banks? Because they want the money to go to the big banks because the big banks benefit from the Federal Reserve and everything else. The safest banks we have in America are the small regional banks. Yeah. Right and here there's in not Indiana. many of them left. Oh, no, they're, but they're great banks. They are. So what do they do? They put out this fear porn and they scare everybody into thinking, oh, my little local bank, I better go to the big bank, Chase or, you know, or whoever. Yeah. And it doesn't run down Chase. I'm just saying that everybody puts out this news. The media picks it up, scares the holy bejeebers out of everybody. And at the same time, they bring in this debt limit issue that's really no issue. They're always getting for... <laughs> I heard somebody say they've raised it 56 times. In my lifetime, I can remember when the national debt was like $500 billion. Now it's $31 trillion and it doesn't include all these things. It's a diversion to make us look at – there's a switcheroo going on. They're saying, look over here, look over here, look over here. At the same time, this money is going out hand over fist. Look how much money is going over to, to uh, Ukraine. I mean, we're talking $150 billion in a very short period of time. Do you think all that money's going into military hardware? Somebody's getting a payoff. And I'm just so skeptical. I try not to be political, but I'm a financial guy, and I can yeah. see the diversion, and it's there for us, and it, it scares me to death. But, you know, we're funded, but please just expect more inflation because it is coming. Million, billion, trillion. What comes after trillion? Quadrillion. <laughs> And, That's and, what I got out of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after after uh, trillion is quadrillion. Yeah. What's after quadrillion? Uh, be a quintillion. Quintillion? Yeah. What's after that? Sectillion, <laughs> septillion, octillion, <laughs> nonatillion. Thank you, Denny Smith. A lot of grief. You yeah. know what? I do appreciate it. That's why. Yeah. That's why you're here. You you help us understand some things that I don't understand. And when I'm it grateful. hits the mainstream media and they're yelling and screaming, you yeah. know they're trying to slip something under the under yeah. the rug on you. Hey, coming up, guess what it is? It is our friend Greg Cooper, Lisa Phillips, answering your real estate questions, and also Michael Andreas, the performer who plays Otis Williams in the upcoming Broadway and Indianapolis tour of Ain't Too Proud. The news is next. I'm easy like some-